the most Georgia fan I could think of right now would be complaining today about how the rain was falling. So, you know, but that's, but you know, that's, that's how I feel about this. You, you have to want to find something to complain about. If you can't look at that game yesterday and think that was a pretty good win. We need to enjoy that. The ninth ranked Auburn Tigers were favored by 10 and a half points coming into the 120th meeting of the South's oldest rivalry. And even though the score was close, the Dogs' defense completely shut down the high-powered Gus Bus offense, holding them to a season-low 164 yards of total offense. A pick six by Marie Smith and two Rodrigo Blankenship field goals proved to be enough to turn back the Tigers as Georgia won 13-7. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to a very special episode of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast, episode 67 to be exact. Naturally, my co-hosts Will Leach and Tony Waller and myself, we break down the thrilling Georgia victory over Auburn, but make sure you stick around because at the end of this episode, we have an interview with one of Georgia's most beloved Bulldogs of all time, a man who started at quarterback one year for the Dogs and led the team in receptions for the next two seasons. He was a two-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers, where he was named MVP of Super Bowl Forty. And he also won Dancing with the Stars, which put a nice crystal ball on top of all of his achievements. (laughs) I think he literally won a crystal ball for that trophy. (laughs) But the man I'm speaking about is none other than legendary Heinz Ward, who stops by to speak with Tony and me at the end of this show. It's easily one of our most exciting podcast episodes yet. I mean, with the win versus Auburn and the Heinz Ward interview, we're pretty giddy in this episode. I'm not sure if you can tell, but let's get started. Here's Will. We won! Oh yes, yes we did. We finally looked competent. That was awesome. Actually, actually, we looked pretty pretty competent last week, but this was a great win. Yeah, it was a great day. It was a great day. I'm not going to spoil it. Well, I guess I'll spoil it. We had Heinz Ward at our tailgate. We had tailgating all day. It was a 3:30 kickoff, and then two F-16s just turn on their afterburners right at the beginning uh, or at the end of the national anthem. That's my favorite thing ever. Uh, I wish they would do it every weekend or every home game. I know the taxpayers probably don't like it because Lord knows how much that costs, but it was spectacular. It was a good day. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I guess we I guess we can talk about it. So, um, yeah, Heinz Ward was there. We got to uh, Wayne and I got to talk a little bit about our, the food we prepared. They're going to do something on headline news in a couple of weeks. It's the first time he's been back since he graduated. So, no way. Yeah, that's sure. according according to him. I don't, he has no reason to lie about that. So, so he, but he's been in Athens, but he had not been to a Georgia home game since he graduated. Had not been to a home game. Had never tailgated. Amazing, uh, amazing. Yeah, well, he seemed to enjoy yeah. himself. Yeah, well, we, we did it upright. So yeah. appreciate yeah. appreciate everybody coming. It was a good time, and then to have it go end up to be end up with that game was pretty fantastic. It's funny because you know it looked at first like this was going to be. You know, I, I don't think anyone thought this was going to be some sort of offensive explosion, but it certainly looked at first like Auburn was going to, af- after that rather inexplicable pass that was intercepted, Auburn came down and scored, and it kind of felt like it was just kind of going against him a little bit. But, man, that second half, once after that interception in the second half, that defense just shut them down. Is this, uh, I know Auburn had a couple of injuries, but this is as impressive as I remember seeing the Georgia defense against a good team in a long time. Yeah, I think if you hit on of something important with, with Petway going, that did slow the defense down a little bit. But let's not forget, we ran some different looks on defense and just we overwhelmed their offensive line, which was 
we haven't really done that this season, which is great. I mean, it really is amazing to me. I told Scott, or we were talking last week, I said, you know, if we hold them under 70 plays, I like our chances because it you know, really did think it become a time of possession thing. And then what, 54 plays? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's probably the fewest they've run under Gus, Gus Malzahn ever. I don't, I, I mean, I hadn't, I'm not going to go back. We'll put the research department on that. But, <laughs> you know, the, the, the most interesting thing to me about this is that this game easily could have been 24 you know, 24 seven, um, mm-hmm. you know, I guess I'm not trying to bring us down because this is the game I've been looking for, right? This is the game I've been looking for play as a team, show a lot of spirit, show up and coach. Well, show up and play. Well, these are the kinds of games where we won them the past couple of years. Uh, although I, I would say that this is probably the best win we've had in three or four years. Wouldn't you say Scott? I'm not going to argue with that statement. How about LSU? Yeah. How about that win over LSU? This and that, right? Well, was that, but that was, four years ago? But that was an LSU team that's, and of course, I guess Auburn can still end up eight and four. That was an LSU team that ended up being like something like eight and five. So, I think anytime you beat a West team, that's a that's a good check mark for you. Well, yeah, especially after the narrative this year of how bad the East is. I want to say that uh, the stat said that before this weekend, SEC West teams were nine and one against the SEC East. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That no, that's right. You know, it, it, you know, Auburn came in ranked ninth, and was it was not an un. I, I thought they were a little overranked, but you know, they were. They ran for 500 yards against Arkansas, and we held them to 164 yards yards total offense. That's that's really impressive. I don't care how you look at it. I found something interesting, and I I think I don't know if I mentioned it to Will because he was sitting a little ways down from me, but I was kind of turning around to the guys in my section. I'm curious as why Malzahn or Rhett Lashley went away from the run so quickly and so early because that scoring drive, they ran 15 plays and they ran it 12 times on that on that 80-yard drive after the interception by Trey Matthews. And then shortly after that, it's like they abandoned the run. They, they were playing like they were down by two scores, even when they were winning uh, 7-0. So it was kind of a bit of a head scratcher. I mean, I thank Malzahn for putting it in the hands of Sean White, who ended up going 6-for-20. Hmm. <laughs> so I'm glad he did that, but it was just it was just kind of baffling to me because they were playing, it was like they were, he was coaching scared a little bit. I don't maybe he, obviously, I'm not going to say maybe he knew something. He knew something that we didn't as fans watching it about his football team. Well, we had started out the game in um, a little different defensive look. I think we started out in like a 5-2 with like a single safety uh, back and then once they had that drive, we 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 put seven guys in the box and put everybody on on an island, um, right. and they were trying to exploit that. And you know, basically, I guess if you look at it that way, probably the only time you know we came back in the half out of halftime back in our original set, and that's when Sean White threw the interception because Marie Smith was back there playing essentially uh, a cover safety on a, on a quarter uh, halves, um, I guess two with two deep, and he just jumped the route. I mean, just jumped right in the route. So. I appreciate him trying to play like that, but it, but it did dictate the momentum. I just wonder, I also wonder if there's something uh, smarter football than me. I, I wonder if there's something that happened. Um, there's something happened defensively that they were seeing that they thought they could exploit. And obviously they couldn't because Sean White didn't have the best day, but a lot of that was the fact that he was running for his life a lot. Oh, and absolutely. we had, we had, we had strong cover. I mean, there were a couple of guys, he had, he did hit six and all six of them were wide open. So the two things that really jumped at me, one is obviously not just the, the strength of the defense, but the number of young guys on that defense. Like, that's exciting to see the number of young guys stepping up the interior D-line. I mean, that's that's a definitive performance. That is a 
dare I say it, like an Alabama-esque kind of the, uh, the performance. And again, Auburn was, you know, is not a terrific offensive team, but they were shut down in the second half, and a lot of those guys are young. Uh, uh, Trenton Thompson uh, being probably the best example of it. That's exciting to see, and also for all of the struggles that the offensive line has had, and certainly there were plenty of times, there were a few times where uh, Eason had to kind of run for his life a little bit and get rid of the ball quickly. The way that they ran down the the clock at the end of that game, that's the type of thing we've been waiting to see all year from them. I still don't think this is one of Georgia's best offensive lines that you stretch the imagination. But that was a pretty huge way to salt away the game. Well, we had two six-minute drives yeah. in the second half. I mean, that was the manhood Robin drive that if you were to talk to Kirby uh, Smart at the beginning of the season and say, okay, what kind of what do you want to see out of your offense in the fourth quarter? And he would say, I want to see a manhood Robin six-minute, 80-yard drive for a touchdown. And I turned – actually, I turned to the guy sitting behind me. I said, I'd love to see a nine-and-a-half-minute scoring drive here. And we got really close. I mean, it was – it was six minutes and 30 second drive. And, you know, that's we took the ball at nine minutes and they get the ball back with two minutes. It's, it was really impressive. What are y'all's thoughts on the the two? Well, I guess one was a true trick play, but the other play where God and Will, Will mentioned it a minute ago. My thought in those situations, I think we've really only run two legitimate trick plays all year. One was the fake punt against Ole Miss. And then second was the quarterback throwback to Jacob Eason. And, you know, he was double covered, but regardless, that could have been absolutely disastrous again, had they picked it or had he gotten injured or something. In in my opinion, I would like, uh, until we get to a different level uh, to where those things are just so wide open, it, it would be stupid not to call a trick play. I think we need to keep our playmakers at their respective positions. Do y'all agree or disagree? I, that call in particular was weird because not only was, like, I guess it was a little surprising, but there was really no space to do anything. No, it was on the short side of the field. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird kind of call. I, I, I'm not against... Listen, that trick play against Mississippi was actually the best play of that game. Like, I feel like I'm okay with fix, switching it up like that, but not only it was the, the play call weird for the position and field it was, but the idea that things were actually not rolling too poorly right there. They actually seemed to have something going a little bit and to put him in the situation, like it was a terrible pass. So you want to be like, how, how, why, how, why do you make that play? But you to put him in that position in the first place. I think that's the mistake. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the wildcat because you telegraph your intentions too much, especially from, unless you're going to run a super jumbo package, you take Eason out, you put, you know, eight, you know, I don't know, sixteen hundred pounds of beef on the front line, and then basically you you put someone else to pull and go block on the edge. I just don't like it down there inside the five yard line. So I probably agree with the assessment. Although had they hit it, that would have been so <laughs> that amazing. That would have set the roof. The roof that is not there would have been shot off the place. Yeah, yes. and I will say uh, that crowd was. Like it was a little slow at first. It felt a little. It felt a little quiet at first. But once things got going in that second half, for all the talk of this year, and this maybe is a, a good a good way to get us into the general narrative about this team and how everything has been switched really in the last couple of weeks. But for all the as downs people have been on this team, people were ready to go uh, in that second half. That place was was pretty hot in the second half. Oh, it was so. It was it was a really good crowd. I mean, I I have to say I agree with you. The crowd was fired up, and I think the crowd started feeling it the longer. I mean, after the after the, the Smith interception, I think the crowd got into it, and I don't think they really got out of the rest of the game. Of course, it's easy anytime you, you, you see 7-3 and outs in the second half. I mean, it's pretty – that was fun. <laughs> right. 
I'm thinking back to how I felt in the, the last nine minutes of the game. You take the last nine minutes of the Nickel State game earlier this year. I was a nervous wreck. But huge, this, huge but this nine minutes, th- yeah, in this nine minutes, I was fairly confident. I was like, okay, I, I think things are going to turn out. Even though we had that awful, I hate having a six-point lead. Uh, it's just like the worst. Uh, but, you know, Rodrigo was close on that uh, 49-yarder. I think we know his limit is probably right at 48 and a half. Well, he, now he right hit, on target. He, he hit a 50, 50 yards and uh, 50 and a half yards in Kentucky. Well, I so. think the wind was uh, was going at him. I mean, what yeah. do I know? I'm not a weatherman, but. Uh, that kick hung up there forever. I thought it, it was going to take. I mean, it's like it might still be in the air right now. So, oh. Yeah, but, but I was, was pretty confident. I mean, weren't yeah. y'all, did y'all feel the same way? Yeah, you're right. I think contrasting with the Nichols State game is a really smart way to do it because that game was a game where theoretically we should have been less nervous. That 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 game felt like it was getting out of hand, getting out of our control. Mm-hmm. And this was a game that felt they felt like in control all the way to the end. And and more to the point, Auburn did not look like a team that was coming back. Like unless no. there was like a freak play or something, that defense just had their foot on their neck. And you know that leads us to. Now, you know, it wasn't long ago that we were like, is this team going to lose the bull streak? Is this going to fall apart? Now, I mean, you've got potential, again, knock on wood, you never know, but uh, you certainly got potential win this week. You're up to seven, and then if you can get up to eight, because we get a nine-win season in the bowl game. And more to the point, it just ends, you know, it, it kicks us into, okay, this was a learning year. There were things that needed to, there was going to be a little bit of a learning curve, but to not only come back with a big win like this, but to feel like, you know what, these guys know what they're doing. There was a sense a couple weeks ago that everything was falling apart. And and not only everything was falling apart, but are we sure we trust this, this these guys to be the ones moving us forward? They feel like they've been firmly in control the last couple of weeks in a way that I feel it, it's amazing how much wins over uh, Kentucky and Auburn, a team at the beginning of the year that people were not excited about at all. Uh, it's amazing how much more confident confidence we all have in this coaching staff and and this franchise going forward well speaking of the coaching staff i thought cheney called a really good game we finally found some plays and sets that worked and we didn't get away from them because we came we had some notion of balance or whatever we wanted to do and i was really impressed with the offensive line i mean this is the first game of the season where i really felt like the offensive line played really well because look there are some really good defensive linemen on Auburn's offensive line, a defensive line, Montrevious Adams, for example. And for the most part, we schemed around them. It wasn't as we, we, you know, it wasn't like we were moving them back off the, the ball a lot, but we had a lot more edge runs, a lot more outside runs, a lot more, I guess, multiple gap runs where, you know, instead of picking up a yard, a yard and a half earlier, games earlier in the season, we were getting four or five a clip. And that, that's, that's the difference, right? That's the difference between, uh, three and out or or having to throw the ball at third and five and getting a first down on second down a lot of the time. Good point. Yes, I totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. All right, so honestly, do you guys feel like just to get, get back to that idea, this just feels now to me like barring, you know, tech, we'll, we'll be able to preview tech and discuss that later, but Barring a disaster against Louise Lafayette, I feel like the major bullet has been dodged. I don't hear a lot of people saying must champ anymore. No, I think they've turned the corner. I mean, you saw it. They can't regress. I mean, they could, but they they won't, or I won't let them. They, they're not allowed. They're not allowed to regress after what we just witnessed against Auburn. I mean, that's the ninth win out of eleven years against Auburn. Think about that. 
Florida has beat Georgia seven out of 11, and we feel like completely defeated in that series. Think about how those Auburn fans feel against Georgia. And then they got to stare right into Bama in a couple weeks. I mean, they got to feel just completely deflated, which I love. <laughs> well, I think the other part about when you, when you start thinking about narrative, Will, I've been saying for five weeks now that I just want to see us play confident football, to play together, to not give up, to, to not – to not do what we did against Mississippi and Vanderbilt, which is just show up and mail it in. And we haven't done that. I mean, look, we can make the argument that you shouldn't need a last-second field goal to beat Kentucky. Kentucky is a better football team than we've seen in the past. But we went out and beat a legitimately good football team in Auburn, regardless of whether Petway is in or not. I mean, they're still top you know, 15 in the nation in offense, top 25 in the nation in defense. And we beat them. I mean, not just beat them. We made them look kind of bad, yeah. which is – on, on the thing they're supposed to be really good at, right. and that was that was very gratifying. I mean, any you know, it's like <laughs> the most Georgia fan I could think of right now would be complaining today about how the rain was falling. So <laughs> you know, but that's but you know that's that's how I feel about this. You you have to want to find something to complain about if you can't look at that game yesterday and think that was a pretty good win. We need to enjoy that. Here, here, absolutely, here, here. All right, guys. Well, hey, so now moving forward. By the way, I, I, I want to say, uh, I have apologies, by the way. Here's the thing I've learned. We were talking to, we all saw, uh, we, we love uh, UJ Carey shout-outs on, on this podcast. I've just discovered, I don't know how you guys feel about this, I've discovered once we tailgate all day, the idea of going out and going crazy afterward, I know you guys all did that in college, even a 3.30 start, that game wore me out. All that tailgate, Heinz Ward being there, there was all sorts of excitement. So I missed all sorts of crazy fun afterwards. Do you guys go out after games anymore, or am I, just too, am I the only lady? Oh, no. I was up at 4 o'clock yesterday morning cooking meat. I was, I mean, I wanted to watch the end of the Southern Cal uh, Washington game. I didn't even see Southern Cal pull ahead. I was asleep. Here's my philosophy. I go out Friday night because then win or lose, I've already done my going out and then I can go home. So I was out till, and believe it or not, my wife and I were out till 1 a.m. on Friday night. We, uh, we, we were at nineties bar, um, which that's mm-hmm. a debate in and of itself. But, uh, but yeah, we that's went that, out Friday. That, night. that actually sounds right. Now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. We went out Friday because then if you win, that's great. You can go home and, and start reading all the press clippings about it. And if you lose, well, you don't want to be downtown with all those Auburn fans anyway, because I still am haunted of course, by the ghosts of 1995 when I went out and celebrated <laughs> the Braves and we've already gotten into that. Yes. And then there's a bunch of Florida fans. So yeah, that's why I choose to go out the night before. So okay, there's a little there tip. Go. There you go. Then I feel not so bad. I feel not no, so don't bad because they're all like, like I, I know I've just gotten old now, but you're, I'm just like, why are you 40. going? You know, I'm 41. It's even worse. Uh, That's right. Yeah. The I don't know how people. Uh, I'm not going to go fight a crowd downtown. I didn't leave New York after 13 years to go hang out at crowds again. No, Maybe what I, we should do is we should call ahead at some bar and, and reserve a table for the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast, get bottle service, and just you know, kind of have a, a, a behind-the-rope scene there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, well, I, I, I need to find that, that club, that pump in uh, Athens club, so it can be another place that I can't stay up to go enjoy. Yes, well, hon. I was sitting there thinking, I make a decent living. I can buy bourbon at home. Yeah, yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. Hey, I'm within walking distance of the stadium. Maybe sometime we'll all come out and drink on my back porch after a game. That sounds like a good idea. I guess it's safe to say that uh, the dogs are going to finish third in the SEC East. I hadn't looked. You know who's not going to win the SEC West? Auburn. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I think think Georgia beating Auburn uh, gave it to Alabama. 
Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're clinched. I think it did. They're clinched. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think that's that's because Kentucky Kentucky lost yesterday. So that's four and four. No, I think Georgia is. Uh, I think they're unless alone Tennessee now. drops their last two. Right. They're alone in second right now, but Tennessee still has two more SEC right, 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 right. games to play. But otherwise, awesome game. We're all back on the right track. We were all afraid this was going to get careening dangerously off course, and it didn't happen. So how about that, guys? Where we 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 have things to look forward to and things to be happy about. And stay tuned for the Heinz Ward interview. Yes, I'm going to play that. I'm going to play that next after we sign off. Awesome, awesome. That was I, that was very gracious of him to do that for us. Yeah, I didn't quite make it in time. My 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 kid got sick. I got there about five minutes after the interview. So, so uh, uh, good job. I, I'm I can't. I'm looking forward to listening to this myself. Yeah, and we were actually had a couple of a uh, couple of longtime listeners show up. Uh, Will Robinson from Seattle was Ooh. there. Uh, and I just know I knew Will through Twitter. I actually got tickets from him. He had graciously hooked me up. Thanks, Will. Nice guy. Very nice uh, yeah, guy. great guy. Great guy. So, and he apparently was a trainer on the football mm-hmm. teams that that uh, Hines played on. So, um, little little fun stuff there for him. Awesome. Wow. All right. Well, and listen, the last thing I'm just going to note: all right, politics didn't come up with that po- once in this podcast, and uh, let, let let us let it not do so again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, all right, guys. Uh, well, I, I don't know about you. So, listen, by the way, I apologize. I know I, 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 I kind of had some mea culpas at the tailgate with you guys this week because I really, it's been disappointing for me. I, you know how much I love coming over to hanging out, hanging out with you guys, uh, uh, during the week. And I know the Sports Illustrated stuff has gotten away this year. I just want to give my apologies. And I, having listened to the show, uh, throughout the week, Scott has become such a terrific host to this show. And I'll seriously, Scott, I think you're doing such a, it, I, it makes me, every show I listen to, it makes me miss you guys, uh, during the week a little bit. <laughs> more so i'm going to miss the show this week but thanksgiving week if we can talk everybody into a monday taping before we all take off for thanksgiving i'd love to 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 toast the last week of the year because I, I i really do miss you guys well thanks well, well think, yeah we can do that yeah absolutely you got to get together to 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 start hating tech early exactly exactly all right well all right well good show guys and hey go dogs go dogs stay tuned for the heinz ward interview with tony waller and myself scott duvall all right, so uh, so we got Scott Duvall and Tony Waller here with okay. Hans Ward. Hans, gracious enough to show up our Man, tailgate pleasure, this week. Pleasure, pleasure. Appreciate it, Hans. I think everybody wants to know about the Peach Bowl, right? Everybody <laughs> talks about the Peach Bowl because here's a guy that won a two Super Bowl rings, MVP as a receiver, threw for 400 yards. Talk about that. You know what? Is this during that year? It was a trying time for me because I played so many different positions. Thank you there. Your daughter gave me a brownie, too. Cherry's in it, too? Yeah. You know, the Peach Bowl, it was just a, a, a trying year for a lot of guys. Robert Evers got hurt. Mike Bobo went down with the injury. And me, starting in the year off at wide receiver, moved to running back, then playing quarterback, then get demoted, and then back to starting quarterback. And then to finish the Peach Bowl, even though we lost, I mean, it was a trying time for me, I think. You know, dealing with the adversities that I had to deal with individually in the midst of trying to keep the team together and keep the team winning. It was an awesome experience for me to, to have a uh, Peach Bowl record down there in the Peach Bowl. We lost. We swift kicked it to Virginia. The guy ran it back, so it was it was demoralizing. But um, it was a great time for me to be quarterback during those times. So surely you have your own 
favorite memories of something that happened in a certain game. I know I have mine. What's I'm that? wondering. I'm wondering. Well, I want to know what yours is oh, first okay. because I want to know if it matches what mine is. Well, of course, beating Florida. I mean, the Georgia Florida game. Love it. I mean, it was it was just great to be in Jacksonville to finally overcome that hump and coming back to campus and have the entire campus waiting for us here. Right. You know, it was it was an awesome experience to be a part of. Yes. So. I, and I still have the signed placard of the score. Oh yeah. And you signed it. Oh, did I? You and Champ Bailey, Kirby Smart, all signed it. Oh, I think it's that's almost awesome. One of a kind. Yeah, I'm not sure. that's awesome. But one of my favorite individual memories was I don't know if I'm sure you remember the Byron Hansbard Texas Tech yes, game yes. in the rain. Yes. And then the, the two flip. point conversion. I played, <laughs> I played the YouTube clip for uh, my flip, kids huh? to see the flip. Uh, yeah. yeah, they loved it. We had to have that two point conversion. We did. We so did. It was so. more of a guy. I saw a defender. He was coming at me, and I knew he was going low. And I just said, you know what? Let's go airborne. Let's go airborne and, and pray for the best. And luckily, uh, flipped into the end zone. But it was crazy because when I got up, I think you could see my emotions of seeing the entire stadium like, yes. did he just fly over that? Did he just do that? So it was an awesome feeling from a player's point of view. That was my right. huh? Hines, we appreciate you being with oh, us. Thank you. Uh, and thank you throw you down much. on the food. Well, man. you know, like, the, the like, I, like I said, you don't get a body like this without <laughs> trying. So appreciate you. Anytime. You Anytime. come back. I will. Appreciate so, it. Thank I you. I think we're going to uh, get a little go dog. Okay. Yeah. Where are we at? And thanks so much for listening. Hines is currently a sports contributor, joining CNN Sports and HLN in July of this year. He can be seen regularly on HLN's popular Morning Express with Robin Mead. CNN has an upcoming feature on Hines' return to campus for the Auburn game, and he graciously stopped by Tony's tailgate to try out some of the food, which Tony and Wayne, Tony's tailgating husband, prepared for us this past Saturday. I'm not sure if the segment will air on Monday or sometime later this week, but just set your DVRs to record the show, say, all week long. (laughs) I think you'll really enjoy getting to see all of the festivities and hear how much care Tony and Wayne put into setting everything up just perfectly, with the side of that welcoming Georgia hospitality that all of us know and love. And as always, feel free to hit us up on Twitter, at WSLS Podcast, and make sure to listen out for us on Thursday of this week as we preview the dog's next game versus the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette. It was amazing getting to meet and interview Heinz Ward. I'd personally like to thank him and CNN for including us in his special day in Athens. And this goes without saying, but Heinz is as true of an ambassador for the Bulldog Nation as you'll ever meet. This was indeed a Saturday to remember. It's going to be hard to top this past weekend. I mean, the Auburn victory, meeting Heinz Ward, Champ Bailey was in attendance, even Justin Grimm, who recently won a World Series with the Chicago Cubs. Everybody deserves to enjoy it, so you should. (laughs) Have a great week. Go dogs! and we will see you on campus this coming Saturday. Take care.